It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. The Las Vegas shooting seems to be fueling rather than calming the culture wars. Today, we talk about how God and guns don't have to tear Americans apart. This is Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Welcome to another episode of Pantsuit Politics, everybody. We are so excited to be here again on Friday in the midst of a pretty tough news cycle. So first, before we get started, we wanted to say that we are going to have a special event in Cincinnati. So if you live in the Cincinnati area, give us a shout out via email and we'll we'll give you the details and we'll hopefully be making those details public soon. Um, if you want to go over and support us on our Patreon page, it is always much appreciated. And this month... Big news, the Happy Hour bonus podcast episode is going to be about homes because that's all Sarah can think about. So I'm going to make Beth talk about renovations and HGTV and how much kitchen counter do you really need and what is the best countertop and what about floors? Because we all have opinions on those things and I need to share them. Are you excited, Beth? I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. I have been thinking a lot about space and about making space for new things to come into your life Mm -hmm, and making mm -hmm. physical space. So I think we'll have a good discussion. We're going to need to talk about Conmarie. We're going to talk about all things. It's going to be great. So it's October 13th, and you can join those episodes live as well. Mark your calendars. We received, as one can imagine, a lot of feedback about our discussion on the events in Las Vegas. 
and other things. But first, we want to talk about some feedback that we got on the State Department. Uh, We received an email in response to, I think I said that the State Department is practically empty, and our listener said, I'd appreciate if you would remember that despite the unfortunate lack of political appointments in the highest ranks of the State Department, the rest of the employees are continuing to do their regular work. Passports and visas are being issued, meetings are being held with foreign governments and foreign diplomats in the USA, the daily ins and outs of the work is being handled, and it's such a good point. Mm -hmm. And we recently went through the process of getting passports, and it went very smoothly, so So I really appreciate that perspective and reminding us to remind ourselves and everyone that there are a lot of government employees doing their very best despite the cabinet level issues that we're seeing. Let's be real. They're doing the Lord's work right now, as we say in the South. Like they're doing the thankless task of actually keeping the government running. And I used to live in D.C., so I have a lot of warm emotions for people who live in D.C. and run the government, as I I know not a lot of people do, but I do. Uh, Some of them are my friends and um, former co-workers. So, yeah, if I don't ever want us to to sound like we are disrespecting those people at all. Absolutely. We also received several interesting perspectives on the history and the purpose and the spirit of the Second Amendment, which we will return to in an upcoming primer. So all that feedback was helpful and and thought-provoking, and we're going to work on that some more and come back to it. Also, Susan sent me the most amazing rundown of her moving strategy and system. I love that stuff so much, so keep it coming. All you people who move a lot, it's so helpful. So let's turn then to where this takes us in the conversation about gun laws. Megan emailed us, and it just broke my heart to read Megan's email because Mm -hmm. she has friends who were at the event in Las Vegas and who were hurt in that event. So thank you, Megan, for that. And she talked about how in the past... When things like this have happened, she has been a fierce advocate for this is exactly the time we need to talk about gun laws. And having friends involved has changed her perspective on that. She said, in this haze, I see people tweet about gun control and watch pundits use this tragedy as some type of political tool for their opposing sides. It quite honestly just makes me want to scream. My heart hurts. I know these people personally. The blood is still on the ground. Victims still have not been identified. Families are still searching for their missing loved ones. And there are actually people in the world trying to have a serious political debate about this event. So I take my my former opinion. It is too soon. I know these people's faces. I know their names. They are real human beings. They deserve the respect and dignity of at least 24 hours before we begin politicizing their tragedy. I understand the reflex to jump to our political corners. I've done it before. Now I know better and I understand it isn't selfish to want time to grieve. It's human. Yeah, her email was really... On point. And I, you know what I find myself thinking about, though? I think it feels differently to me when it's somebody like Chris Murphy or it's Gabby Giffords or it's like a politician who has been personally touched by gun violence and who has like sort of made that their platform. That to me feel like when Chris, like I kind of wait for him. I'm ready for him to talk every time. And same with Gabby Giffords. And so that feels a little different to me than everybody else feeling like either Because at this point, saying don't politicize the tragedy is actually a political stance, which is sort of weird, but kind of true. So, like, that to me feels very differently than just the average run-of-the-mill Joe going on um, CNN and running his mouth, running his or her mouth. 
I think that's because of something that I say a lot, which is that what people believe your intention is matters so much more than what you're saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that people like Chris Murphy, who have been doing this work, Gabby Giffords, obviously, who have been personally affected and who have been doing this work all the time, not just around these events, but the slow, steady drumbeat of we must do something about this, their intention is clear. And so it doesn't feel um, it doesn't feel like I told you so. And it doesn't yeah. feel like I'm uh, happy to be able to score points on this. It feels sad and despairing yeah. and appropriate from them. I keep wondering if we were going to hear from Steve Scalise. And there's a part of me that wonders as the conversation about bump stocks comes and there's Republicans saying I'm willing to t- have a conversation about legislation regarding these particular forms of ammunition if he's sort of behind that or if just the events that happened to him are behind that like I did I was I'm interested to hear what he thinks now and he's been pretty silent so I wonder if he'll eventually come out because he came back to the floor recently and his recovery seems to be going well so I, I was I found myself wondering what he would say he told Martha McCallum that the Las Vegas massacre has fortified his support for gun rights really yeah. Dang. So surprising in a way. But maybe not. I don't know. And maybe that takes us to our next thing that I really wanted to talk about, which is I am intrigued by and I'm really trying to think through that reaction. The Daily, which we're talking about a lot on this podcast, did a really interesting thing on the history of the NRA. And they talked about how there are so many American whose reaction to an event like this is to double down, to go to the gun store, like you can't buy bump stocks right now, and buy it all up, say it's more important than ever. And I am really trying to get over the empathy wall on that because that reaction is so hard for me to understand, but I want to understand it and I don't want to blow it off as ignorance or a lack of caring, or any of those things, especially from someone like Steve Scalise, who's been directly affected by gun violence. But I'm just struggling. So I don't know if it's like you want the difference between sort of externalizing control and internalizing control. So maybe if you don't trust the government, you don't want to, and you feel very powerless in the face of a tragedy like that, then you want to internalize it and say, well, it's up to me. But there's also a part of me that's like, there's nothing about that when you're going out and buying recreational, supposedly these semi-automatic weapons are for fun, right? They're not for hunting. They're just people like to shoot them and they're really powerful and they're fun. So you're not gobbling those up out of any sort of security concerns in theory. I'm just, I'm struggling here. Our listener Joyce sent us a Facebook post from someone she knows about, um, hey, everybody, let's get together and have a concealed carry class at my house after this happened. I think that it's not homogenous, the the no, the impulses that lead to that. I think they're not homogenous. I think some people genuinely believe that the world is getting more dangerous and that guns will help them protect themselves. So they're coming at it from a totally different place, right? It's not how do we prevent the next one. It's how do I keep myself and my family safe right. in light of these things happening. And I do think that that, you know based on sort of what he talks about in The Righteous Mind, that does break down among largely political lines because there is a 
and I'm not saying this is wrong, but there is a sort of tribal reaction that you see more among conservatives for any reason, background, geography, personality, who the heck knows. Um, that is, it is a protective instinct. And he makes the point, and I agree, that in any society in which we live close to one another and which we are agreeing on sort of that we're in this together, that you, it's not a bad thing to have people who are more concerned with the protection of the tribe than other people. And I think that there are other people who believe that slippery slope that the Daily talked about, that one step in the direction of regulating firearms will lead to all of them being taken and oppressors taking over. Right. And I don't know how sincere those beliefs are. And I imagine that's a spectrum for people, too. But but let's be fair and recognize that there has been an enormous propaganda effort Mm -hmm. around that slippery slope. And so I am trying to have um, empathy for people who believe that because I recognize what a concerted and well-funded effort there has been to help people believe that. Well, and here's, so it's frustrating because on one level, the slippery slope is literally a logical fallacy. That is the name of the logical fallacy because that's illogical. It doesn't work like that. But here's what else I just have to, I kept trying to like put the pieces together in my brain as I was thinking about, which is I think we tend to think about gun control legislatively and as government action and as the NRA as an organization that primarily interacts with legislators which is true to an extent but every time there's an event like this and every time that people react like this it is a money bonanza for the gun industry it's just like let's let the money rain from the sky because people run to the gun stores and clean them out and everybody makes a lot of money and so i wonder if it's like you know it's like any it's like the tobacco industry only we have this extra additional constitutional amendment which is super awesome and like an added accelerant to everything and it's like that is so hard to piece apart when you have this coming together of government and industry dressed up as personal choice with the added accelerant of a constitutional amendment that is one big mess i think that's really well said and i think that it is ironic that you know dave sent us this facebook message Um, asking why no nuance for the NRA, which was a fair question, and I appreciated it. For me, the answer is because of the deliberate and somewhat recent conscientious choices by the NRA to wrap everything about the culture wars under the blanket of guns. With fear. Lots and lots of fear. All the fear. So much fear. And I see in community Facebook forums that language being parroted back by people. I am for lobbying, which I know is an unpopular stance, but I believe in industries and 
groups that are concerned. I believe in the, you know, environmental lobby. I believe in all the lobbies because we need to hear all voices and we need people who dedicate their lives to learning the nuances and the details of issues to put that information in front of our legislators. So if the NRA were solely trying to advocate for gun rights, I could make space for that. That's not what they're doing anymore. And I do think it is sad. It's very much like how I feel about Donald Trump. It is sad to me that someone is getting so much traction selling this idea of personal freedom by deliberately misinforming and manipulating people. And I believe that's what's happening with the NRA. Just because let's add another sprinkle of ex- of accelerant onto this already intense culture war conversation. I think it's what I'm coming to realize as I'm listening to Hillary Clinton's book and we are learning more and more and more about the Russia investigation and the ways that Russia meddled in our election. I remember so many times on this podcast saying, I don't understand. I have conversations with a, with people about her And it's like they live in a different universe. And what I'm realizing is they, in fact, were living in a different universe, a universe in which 10 million Facebook ads and news stories were being targeted them with deliberate misinformation. And so when we bump up against these empathy walls, it's like I'm having to realize, and this is such a hard thing because people do not want to believe that they are influenced this way. I don't know why that is. I don't know what kind of human instinct it is to say, you know, I'm not influenced by ads. I'm not influenced by social media. I'm not influenced by just basic human psychology and instincts. It's not the way I think about things, but it is seemingly a way that a lot of people think about things. And so the idea that this billion-dollar industry doesn't have an effect on you in gun country, doesn't have an effect on you through Facebook and advertising and mail marketing is just so crazy to me and when I bump up against these walls I even make the mistake I think I I start to think about the person as an individual what motivates them and I try to put myself in them their shoes and I forget that they exist in this huge complicated environment and they are seeing information that I literally do not see and that it seems like reality to them, even though it's not reality to me because I don't see those ads. I don't see those mail campaigns and I don't see those. My friends aren't sharing those NRA videos on Facebook or they, if they are, it's because NRA, oh my God, look at this. And so it's just so, it's why it seems like we are living in different worlds because there are all these external forces coming to play, creating realities, not just through our own personal choices, but through outside factors. I think that's right. And I think that it would go a long way to acknowledge that that is true in one form or another for all Mm -hmm. of us and that no one has a monopoly on reality right now. And I think the other thing that would go a long way, we've had several listeners write to us about why don't my friends and family, my Facebook friends care about Russia buying Facebook ads And I think part of that, honestly, is because of the reaction that has has been ingrained in people to Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. I also think that it's because we're not being honest about the fact that Russia did not do any of this 
from a partisan place. Mm. I think we're superimposing American partisan baggage on a foreign power instead of thinking through what the actual motivation of that foreign power is and understanding that you might it's it's just like the conversation around WikiLeaks. You'll like them one day and hate them the next because they're not looking at this from the angle that we are in America in our partisan jerseys. So different. And I think the more we can be honest about that lens, we have to stop putting our glasses on to every external force and try and all of us need to try to see it more clearly. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and June has you covered. We've talked about Olive and June's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are gonna last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors. And I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsuit for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, 
Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. Well, because we haven't been controversial enough in this episode, talking about guns and Hillary Clinton and uh, <laughs> the election, we thought we would talk about thoughts and prayers oh, now. Oh, yay. Everybody pray for us as we talk about thoughts and prayers. So, but first, let's talk about Lee's message uh, because he began, he, he had a lot of interesting things to say, as he oh, always as does. does. Yep. And he said that he appreciated your reminder, Sarah, about the importance of incremental progress mm-hmm. around gun laws. And he said this that I thought was really insightful. I want to draw a distinction between cynicism and the deep anger and frustration that is felt when examining the current climate as it exists. People believe that nothing will change because they keep seeing nothing change. But that doesn't mean we accept that nothing will change. Gun control needs to be a movement issue. Politicians need to go on record saying what they will do to curb gun violence. Voters need to demand this of them. And then later in his message, he talked about how frustrating it is to see someone like Paul Ryan talking about mental health restrictions on guns when a lot of the proposals that you've seen from Paul Ryan throughout his career have cut mental health funding. So true. Well, I think that for me, the difference feels when I come up, you know, I am well acquainted with anger and frustration and gun control um, situation. I was a junior in high school when I was a victim of gun violence. So it's been a long, long time. I've been watching America go through these events And to me, the anger and frustration feels raw and the cynicism feels insensitive towards the victims. And again, it's that intention we were talking about with the politicians. When someone tweets like, well, the dead kids didn't do and this is going to do anything. That feels insensitive to me as opposed to I'm heartbroken and I feel so hopeless, which feels raw. You know what I mean? Like I feel there's a different feeling to me and I really do not enjoy the cynicism and particularly the way Sandy, the children at Sandy Hook get tossed around as like, see, we didn't do anything for them. It just really bothers me. I do think that mental health is fertile ground to move forward if we can do that in a way that doesn't stigmatize mental health. So I said in response to another listener email we received from Michael that I think when we start talking about is a person mentally healthy enough to own a gun? That's a moving target because all of us mm-hmm. have a fragile state of mental and emotional health. And that does seem to be the case with this Vegas shooter. Let's just be real about that. Like, it would, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like it was sort of not out of nowhere, but would have been hard to pin down at the very least. Right, because it's shifting and often almost always, right? The worst mental health issues in our country are walking around undiagnosed. And I worry that when we talk about legislation on mental health, you know, someone who's seeing a therapist and perhaps taking medication for depression is so much less dangerous than someone who's depressed and has never named that Mm -hmm. or done anything to seek out treatment. So in my in my judgment, the first conversation 
on mental health specifically should be about more treatment options, greater access to treatment, and just a cultural conversation destigmatizing counseling and therapy and the admission that all of us need help and support around our mental health at some point. I don't disagree and with I, that. I think that, that that can be a bipartisan discussion. What What's partisan about that? Yeah, seriously. So then Dave sent us a message that I think is a very succinct way of saying what lots of other people have said to us. He wrote that when he hears leaders say things about sending thoughts and prayers to victims, he hears, we intend to take no action that might even have a small chance of preventing something like this in the future. For me, Dave writes, our leaders have turned the phrase thoughts and prayers into a euphemism for do nothing. And here's what's really upsetting me is now it seems like the next phase two of thoughts and prayers is look at the heroes. Look at the first responders. Let's focus on them and let's focus on all the good. We can't legislate evil. So let's just build up these heroes, which, as we've talked about before, is not untrue that people did heroic, but not a fair way to talk about them because those people have survivor's guilt. Those people struggle with trauma and to build them up as superhuman does not allow space for their own pain in the process. I think that's well said. And another thing that I am observing more and more, and perhaps this is because you and I have shared more on the podcast about our faith, you know, as, as we become more open about the spiritual influences in our lives, we are hearing not lots, but more sentiments from people who do not have any interest in spirituality. And and maybe that's overstating it, but I am seeing more messages kind of like, it sounds ludicrous to me for people to pray in a situation like this. And you started to address that on Tuesday's episode, and I feel like we kind of gave it short shrift. But I have a lot of feelings about that. Um, that I think are worth unpacking because the true thing is if people on one side of the gun debate are both saying we need to regulate guns and saying the sort of um, Obama version of your guns and your God are annoying to me, and I do not believe President Obama meant it that way. I'm using that as shorthand because I think we all can recall that discussion. This never goes anywhere. This completely stalls out. Yeah. Well, and I just think about, look, this is where we both, we want to talk about what we want. And here's where I'm struggling with this conversation is if any talk of gun control fuels a massive injection of guns into the stream of commerce, then I want to talk about that. That's not an outcome I want. So if that's not an outcome I want, and that's what's happened when we talk about this, then I want to take a minute and talk about why and talk about if we can prevent that from happening and talk about the source of that. And that's why I'm trying to get my head around these ideas of why people react that way, because I don't want that. I think the biggest problem in America is that we have too many guns out there. So if any discussion of gun control with that has a modicum amount of impact, although I find, like I said, incremental impact is important, just fuels this massive, you know, binge on guns, then I want to stop. I want to take a beat and talk about that. Let's talk about that, please. Because 
as a liberal proponent of gun control, that's not the outcome I want. And I'm not just going to stay laser focused on legislative outcomes at the cost of the real world impact. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that the dismissive statements about thoughts and prayers have that same impact. Because I can fully put myself in the shoes of someone who does not believe in a God. Mm -hmm. I can get myself around to, that sounds ludicrous to me. You have no evidence for that. I am an ethical person because I'm an ethical person, not because somebody in the sky tells me to be. Like, I I can put that on and wear it. I can also recognize that for many people... Prayer is an expression of the deepest part of who they are Mm -hmm. and a criticism of their prayer feels like you are cutting at the core of their identity in a way that is extremely threatening. And that threat is exactly what you're talking about, Sarah, in terms of fueling those sales as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's all related. Yeah. And I just like we don't have to pick, guys. We just, like I said, on my personal Facebook page, I'm going to do both. I'm going to call my legislator and I'm going to be a prayer in my community. So I'm not, I don't feel like I have to choose. And let's just be brutally honest. The people you are mad that they come out and say we give our thoughts and prayers, whether or not they say that or not, their stance with regards to the NRA is not going to change that. So shaming politicians for saying that is not going to help us convince them to abandon their loyalties to the NRA. So again, what are the outcomes we want? Do we want to feel righteous? If the outcome is, I want to feel righteous, and I want to feel better, and I want to direct my anger at the slaughter of innocent Americans at people, then you're achieving that, and that's fine. That's fine. Sometimes we need to feel righteous anger. But if the outcome is, I want fewer people to die, I want less guns on the street, then we got to talk about something different. Then we got to really, we really have to abandon, we have to really abandon that way of thinking about things and that way of feeling about this issue because it's not getting us anywhere. And I want to get somewhere because I was 17 years old when somebody was killed in my school and I would like for things to change. And they're not the way we're constant, we're the way we're dealing with this right now. So if they're not working, not to be total Dr. Phil here, how's it working for us? It's not. So as somebody who wants things to change, I'm ready to talk about different ways to get there. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off.
want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy Filtered Showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze. And its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy Filtered Showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. So understand, too, I think that although I believe most people who comment on the thoughts and prayers line are directing that at politicians, as as Dave's message says, we don't make those distinctions anymore. No, we don't. Because of social media, we believe that everything said about politicians is being said about our side. Now, that's not healthy, and we need to stop. But we're a long way from healthy in every respect. (laughs) So understand, I think, all of us, that everything that we say in these discussions influences everyone around us and is being taken personally Mm -hmm. by everyone around us. Mm -hmm. I have this reaction sometimes. So when we get messages um, about how silly religion is. I always want to stop and say, I get where you are. I don't think you get where I am. And please don't turn where I am into a cartoon Mm -hmm. just because we haven't had a discussion about it. Mm -hmm. You know, my vision of God is not some person in the sky with a long beard who's pulling strings down here on earth. Mm -hmm. That's that's not what it is for me. Um, It is much more about this force of connection between all of us and this force of love between all of us. That's part of why I take it personally in some ways when I hear um, Democrats or 
sometimes in our conversations, you know, when I hear, well, we're all in it together and we've got to stop being so individualistic as though that's what I believe, because it's not right on the in the deepest parts of who I am. I will go totally kooky with you about how connected we all are and how much we impact each other Mm -hmm. and how much our energy relates to one another. The piece for me that differentiates some of my process perspective and what do we do next is that I think one of the most beautiful things about my understanding of God and that force of love and connection in the world is the concept of free will and the idea that real love means that you choose to participate in it, not that you are coerced to participate. And so that informs tons of my political perspective, right? And that's complicated. There's a tension between what I am looking for in terms of outcomes and how I think we can get there. It manifests in all kinds of ways. It's why I believe that when I donate money to charity, there is a generosity in that donation that makes it more effective than the coerced money that I pay in tax dollars. And I'm not mad about taxes. I think people who listen to our show know that. But but do you see what I mean? Like that qualitative energy matters a lot to me. And I know that's not what people think of when they hear conservative. Mm-hmm. And so all I'm asking is when we reduce one another... If I reduced you, Sarah, to you just want to tell everybody in the world to live exactly as you live and to think exactly as you think, and you reduced me to every man for himself, we could never have a productive discussion. But that's what we're all doing to each other through these conversations right now. And here's where I think my ability to do that changed. Here's what I'm asking. Let me just be straight up. I mean, I'm asking both sides to do this, but I am particularly talking to my liberal activist friends and liberal activists everywhere. Here's where I just came down to. I'm not asking you to understand first. I'm not asking you to empathize first. I'm asking you to accept the reality that every person who ran to the gun store and bought them out of bump stocks is an American citizen and they are not going anywhere. So unless you have plans to divide us all up and the coast run one country and the middle of the country and rural America run another, we have got to figure this out. Because the other side, whoever side you may be on and however ignorant and you believe them to be and how angry you are at them, They are not going anywhere. And so if we are going to move forward together, because I'm not really sure the other option, we have to acknowledge that and move forward from there. So if you feel like empathy for a gun store owner is beyond you, that's fine. I'm not asking you to get there first. The first is just to acknowledge that this is the reality we live in that the part of the country that seems abhorrent and ignorant to you is still part of the country, for the immediate future at least. And I just don't know how we move forward on controversial topics like gun control or abortion or taxes or whatever your flavor of the week is without accepting that the other side is a part of the country too and we're going to have to figure it out together. And here's the thing, Sarah, I think, and we've heard from people like this, I think there are people who are questioning whether the country can withstand Mm -hmm. that kind of division and people who are starting to wish for separation from folks who feel differently about these issues than they do. 
And what concerns me about that, I mean, lots of things concern me about that. But if I just zoom way out, you know, our disagreement in America and the um, intensity of that disagreement is in many ways born of our comfort. Mm -hmm. We are able to fight about the things we fight about because we are not trying to survive every day. And if we section ourselves off into enclaves that um, feel more homogenous to us, one, we lose all the beautiful benefits of diversity um, because diversity of thought is a part of diversity. Mm-hmm. And two, I think that when disagreements arise, they will be even more fever pitched within those enclaves. Mm-hmm. And at some point, what do you do? Do you just keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller? If you want to see a fight, go into a community that is having a zoning dispute. Oof. Right. The more comfortable a community gets, the more intense its disagreement about trivial matters becomes. Mm -hmm. And so we need to collectively as human beings build the muscles to be able to work. I believe this is the step in our evolution, the next step in our evolution. I don't think that the next step in our evolution has anything to do with technology. I think it has to do with our capacity to work with our disagreement and to understand our connection, even in the face of our differences. This is going to, this is going to happen for us, whether we want it to or not. And so the solution of put those people somewhere else isn't going to get it done, even if that's what it feels like to you right now. And look, I don't want that. Let me go on record as saying I love this country, and I think we are a flawed experiment, but I think we've gotten the closest, and I want to see where we keep going. And the idea that we would split off and break up is one of the most painful things I can imagine, because America is not a, and has never been, this sort of monolithic group. The beauty of us is always going to be that we are this diverse group, that we're not a race, that we're not an ethnicity, that we are a group of people coming together based on a set of ideas. And those ideas are as important as they have ever been. And we have to find space for those ideas to exist among a bunch of different groups who feel a bunch of different ways. And I think we're up for it. I really do. I think that if anyone is, we are. And We have not only internal struggles, like we just mentioned, but a lot of external pressures, like globalism, like technology. And I get it. It's hard. But like we say on the show, and like they say in a league of their own, anything great is hard. So America is great. And that means it's not always going to be comfortable. It's going to be hard. And if that's the next phase in our country's evolution, in our own evolution as a human race, then I'm up for it. And I hope everyone else is too. I think that's a perfect note to end on. So thank you so much for joining us. We will be back with you on Tuesday for another episode. Until then, keep it nuanced, y'all.
Thank you, as always, to our executive producers, Nicholas, Chad, Tracy, Leslie, and Sabrina. You can join us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Paintsuit Politics and on Twitter at Paintsuit Politic, no S. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com or reviews are always helpful and you can leave one through the Apple Podcast app. Thank you to Dante Lima, the composer of our Pantsuit Politics theme music.